Good morning. Welcome to South Park Church. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you all for being here today, whether you're here in our modern sanctuary worshiping together or downstairs in our traditional sanctuary. We welcome you all in and also those of you online or listen to our podcast. Multiple ways to worship God here, but we're one church serving the one and only God and uh, one message. So glad to be with you today. Let's give the kids another hand. That was just amazing. Isn't it beautiful to see God uh, through the mouths of our children? Just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, we are in the midst of a message series called Faith and Reason, in which we're looking at some questions. Uh, is having faith in God a reasonable thing? We believe it is. For those of us who have faith in God, is it okay for us to use our brains, to learn from science, to learn from philosophy, to learn from other things in the world outside of the Bible? We think it's okay to do that. And so we're talking about that and uh, glad that you're with us. We've been doing this for a few weeks. And so if you missed some of those messages, you can go to our website, southpartchurch.com, and catch back up with that. But uh, you don't need to know anything coming into this message. It's going to be kind of a standalone thing. Uh, and I'd like to start out today just with some questions. Some of them I'll ask you to maybe holler out loud, and some of them maybe just to think about uh, in your own chair there kind of quietly. But uh, the first one, no sweat. This is easy. Is it true that four plus one is five? Is it true that 3 plus 2 is 5? Is it true that 0 plus 5 is 5? How do you know that? Who says, who says that that is true? If I said 0 plus 5 is 7, is that true? Is it? How do you know? Right? Who tells us what is true and how do we believe that? Right? Did the, is it true that the universe started with the Big Bang? Some would say absolutely yes, and some would say I'm not sure. How do we know how it started? Is it true that humanity is the result of the theory of evolution? Is that true? Some would say yes, absolutely. Some would say oh, I'm not sure. How do we know? If we left church today, we went outside downstairs, uh, and we witnessed two cars crashing into each other right here on our property. Uh, and Officer J.J., who's with us every Sunday. J.J., I know you're watching downstairs. We appreciate you, man. Uh, if Officer J.J. came up to, to those of us who were down there uh, and said to us, you know, what happened? Can you recount what happened? Uh, and if we offered to Officer J.J. what we saw, we probably have different viewpoints, different opinions. And we might even disagree. Who's J.J. going to believe? Which one of us is telling the truth? When you turn on the news or you go on the Internet and you see a story that's reported, how do you know that's true and how do you know it's not made up? Right? We think about these things. Is it, true, is it true that life begins at conception? Or is it true that life begins at a certain point of so many weeks in the womb? Or is it true that life begins when a baby is born? Who sets that? Who defines life? Who makes life true? Like, where do we learn how to do that? Is it true that sometimes it's okay to tell a lie? And if so, when is that? Maybe to save someone's life. Maybe to save your life when your significant other says, have I put on weight? Right? <laughs> is it true that it's okay to lie? Is it true that sometimes, sometimes regrettably, but necessarily, is it true that it's okay to take someone's life? And if so, who determines when that's true? Is that the government? Is that the homeowner? Right? Who determines whether that's true? 
You think about uh, faith in the world, right? Which faith is true? Is it the Christian faith? Is it the Muslim faith? Is it the Buddhist faith? Is it the Hindu faith? Which one is true? And who says that? Now, in these world religions, lots of things are in common, but there are also things that are very different. Is it true that at the end of life that we'll go to a beautiful place in heaven, like an afterlife? Or is it true that the goal of, of life is to be reincarnated until we get things right and ultimately we just cease to exist? Which one of those is true? What is true in your life? And who defines truth? Who gives truth authority? I want us to think about that, okay? I want to go into the Bible this morning, and we're going to be near the end of Jesus' life. He's been arrested. Uh, some of the local Jewish religious leaders want his head. They want to kill him. And to do that, they have to get the Romans' permission, right? Rome ruled over Israel, and so Israel had local rulers, but the real power was the Roman the government and all that kind of stuff. And so the one who was assigned to, to Israel right in this day, his name was Pilate. So they've sent Jesus to Pilate, kind of on trial, and Pilate is questioning Jesus, right? The, the charge is, you know, that he's doing some kind of insurrection. He wants to be the new king of Israel. He's going to ask the Roman emperor, all that kind of stuff. So Pilate is kind of grilling Jesus. And this is what we pick up the story today. We go to that. There we go. All right, so John 18, verses 37 through 38. This is Pilate saying, you are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Jesus says, the reason I came into the world is to testify to the truth. Now listen to this. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. But what is truth, retorted Pilate. And with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered and there and said, I find no basis for a charge against this man. Right? So Pilate's grilling Jesus, are you a king? You're trying to overthrow the government. And he says, well, you know, I'm here to testify to the truth. Those on the side of truth listen to me. And Pilate went out and said, I don't, I don't find anything wrong with this Jesus. Right? But he asked this question, what is truth? That's our question today. As we think about reason, as we think about faith, what is truth? And who defines that truth? And what are the truths that you base your life on? It's very important what we see as truth because that shapes the way that we live our lives. So Pilate's question is our question today. What is truth, right? We, we might agree that truth is three plus two is five. Absolutely, right? We're not going to argue about that. We might argue about you know, the, the theory of evolution, the theory of the Big Bang. But when it comes to morals and ethics and religious beliefs and even observation, like what do we tell Officer JJ or, uh, you know, what, which news agency do we trust with our truth? What is truth, right? So let's explore that a little bit today. What is truth? I want to walk us through history just very quickly. Don't get, don't get too worried. Uh, and we're going to look at what in the Western world, like Europe and America, what we think about truth. Like where does truth come from? Because it has changed over time. And I'm going to kind of do a big generalization, and, and those of you who are experts at this and know much more than me, just forgive me, right? I got to, we only have a few minutes to do this, but we're just going to have a kind of a wide sweep through history and see what you think about what truth is, okay? So for most of the time in the world, we're going to call that antiquity. Think of, of antique, old, right? 
So for most of the time, like you think ancient Egypt, you think ancient uh, Rome, think ancient Greece, you know, early Christianity. This is what people believed about truth, right? In antiquity, right, the old times, truth is revealed by God, right? The ways that human beings receive truth is that God gives it to them, right? God speaks to people with scripture. God speaks to people through prophets, spokesperson. God speaks to people directly. So for most of human existence, we believe that truth comes to us from God. It's revealed to us. It's given to us, right? It's something bigger than us, and we have to have it handed to us, right? So God tells us what's right and what's wrong. God tells us how things were created. God tells us how we should live our lives, right? So truth comes to us from God. Now, the operative question then becomes, well, which God do we believe? Because the ancient Egyptians had their gods, the ancient Greeks had their gods, the ancient Romans had their gods. Certainly, as Christians, we believe in one God, right? In three persons. I know it's a little complicated, right? But, right, so which gods do we believe in? But, but the point came back to that we all agreed on through that process, for the most part, is that God gives us the truth. Now, throughout history and antiquity, there were certain people who didn't believe in God, certainly, and they tried to you know, figure it out for themselves. But overall, mostly, the idea was that truth was something that's given to us. It's revealed, okay? So God reveals the truth. Fast forward to, like, the 17th, 18th centuries, uh, actually, 18th, 19th centuries, when uh, in the Western world, we went through the season of enlightenment, uh, we had a lot of scientific discoveries, a lot of philosophical discoveries. And so what we began to think about truth shifted, right? Instead of being revealed by God, right, truth became something else. And this is what happens now in modernity, right? So we moved from antiquity a long time ago to modernity, modern, right? This is what we believe in the modern time, right, is that humanity discovers truth, okay? We used to get truth from God, and that's been nice and fine and everything, uh, but in the Enlightenment, the idea was, right, we don't need God anymore. God's just a made-up concept. God's a crutch to get us through life. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Friedrich Nietzsche was a philosopher who, who was a big proponent of this, and he wasn't the only one. It's like, guys, we've got to grow up. Ladies, we've got to grow up. Put our big boy pants on, big girl pants on, and we've got to admit that there's no God, right? Life's tough. Suck it up. Just deal with it, right? So we can't wait on an imaginary God tell us what's true. We as humans, we've got to grasp that for ourselves, we're smart people, right? There's all this damage done through religious wars through time. We're going to make things right. We're going to wipe out evil. We're going to wipe out hunger. We're going to turn to reason, and everything's going to be fine. So we don't need God anymore, right? We are smart. We're going to figure it out for ourselves. Humanity discovers truth. It's going to be a brand new era, right? And so the theme of modernity is confidence. We got this. We're going to make the world a better place, right? We're going to, we're going to fix everything that's wrong, Right? We don't need a fake God, a crutch or anything. We're going we're to make it work. Right? A great symbol of this uh, is the uh, motto, kind of logo for Harvard University, which was started in 1636 to make pastors, right, Christian pastors, uh, to discover the truth, right? the truth for God, the truth for the church. Uh, the Latin word for truth is veritas, and this is, this is what their logo looked like, okay? So veritas, it's one word across three books, right? And when you see that, you, I don't know how close you can see that, but the first two books are open, right? Uh, are, which means that some of the truth, we've been revealed to us, right? right? And, so, and then the third book was closed. It's face down, right? So when Harvard started, right, making Christian pastors, all that kind of stuff, says, yeah, 
we have truth that's been given to us from God, right? But there's some truth that we'll never know. There's a, there's a, there's a limit to reason. There's a limit to truth, right? There's only so much that human beings can understand, right? So this is kind of an antiquity kind of thing, right? But when Harvard became a secular university, going through the Enlightenment, all that kind of stuff, we don't need God anymore. We, we humans can figure this out. This is what the, the shift in the logo became. All three books are open, right? We, we had the original books. Some things are, are given to us, but now everything's open to us, right? There's nothing that can be hidden. We humans, we got it going on. We're going to figure it out. It's going to be better, right? We don't need this false concept of God, right? So everything's an open book now. All we have to do is discover it, right? Confidence. We're going to do this. We're going to take care of it, right? All right. I'm going to take a shift here. Anybody ever watch the uh, TV show Big Bang Theory? It's a little old now, but it's on reruns a lot of times, right? So it's about these three uh, young physicists and one engineer. Um, they're nerdy kind of guys, but they're really funny, and they get in all these misadventures, and so it's a funny comedy TV show. Again, it's old, but it's reruns, all that kind of stuff. I can't endorse everything that happens on the show. There are a lot of things that are probably not moral in there, but it, but it is funny. And so one of the main characters is this guy named Sheldon, Dr. Sheldon Cooper. He's the smartest one, and he's, a, he's the star of the show, and he's very quirky. Uh, he's very literal and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes, right, Sheldon teaches us that we can be too smart for our own good, right? Too smart for our own good. Uh, so two of the guys, Sheldon and Leonard and their girlfriends, are playing Pictionary, right? You guys know what Pictionary is. You get a word, you have to draw it, and the first one who guesses it, you know, wins the round, that kind of stuff. So this is uh, the picture that Leonard has drawn, okay? Uh, hold Hold your guesses, right? We'll ask you in just a minute what you think Leonard has drawn for Pictionary. These are Sheldon's guesses, okay? The first thing he says, it's a cork gluon plasma. <laughs> Leonard says no, right? The second one, I can't even say this word, a syptotocally free partons inside a cork gluon plasma. Leonard says that's not it. There's no gluons, right? No plasma, no corks. So then he says, it's an observational rebuttal of the Lambda CDM model of the universe. Right? Those are Sheldon's legitimate answers for Pictionary that he thinks Leonard's drawing. Right? He's wrong. Let's go back to the picture again. What do you think that is? A chocolate chip cookie. Absolutely. I even heard you guys screaming it from downstairs, right? It's easy, right? And Sheldon is what? He, he, he's getting in front of himself sometimes. We're too smart for our own good. And I think that's what happens with modernity, where we say, we don't need God. We can discover knowledge. We got it figured out. We're going to make the world a better place. We're going to wipe away evil. Religion's just a bad thing. It screwed up everything, all these religious wars and killing each other. And there's some truth in that, a lot of truth in that. But modernity breaks down. It breaks down. And it comes in two serious examples that just blow up modernity. The first of them is World War I. The whole world at war, millions of people are getting killed. There's this trench warfare in Europe where you're not just shooting somebody that you can't see in a tank. Like you're face-to-face, -face and you're stabbing people with a bayonet until their guts fall out. You're wrapping them up in barbed wire, right? It's nasty, and millions of people die, and people begin to react and say, I'm not sure that modernity is right. If this is what happens when humans take control... Maybe, maybe this is a bad thing. They kept going, right? Then what happens? World War II happens, right? Millions of more people are killed. The whole world is involved in war. The Nazis decided to wipe out an entire group of people. Who? The Jewish people, right? Sound familiar? 
Jesus was Jewish. The disciples were Jewish, right? So the Nazis tried to wipe out all the Jewish people. A lot of Christians, a lot of Christian churches get behind the Nazis and say, yeah, we're going to wipe those people out. Well, Jesus came from there. Who cares, right? We're wiping them out. The church is behind this, right? Then to end the war, right, America, we step in. We end the war. We drop two nuclear bombs. Ended the war, absolutely. But we incinerated two cities with men, women, and children. Some of them might have been responsible for the war, but a lot of them were probably innocent. And we incinerated them and started the nuclear age. And so the philosophers and the non-philosophers start looking at modernity saying, this is what happens when we take God out of the equation. And we start thinking we have all the answers or we can find all the answers and humans can fix everything. We almost blew the world up. And they start saying, this modernity stuff is not working. And by the way, Nietzsche said, you know, we need to get rid of God, get rid of all that stuff. But he cautioned, he says, when we do, right, morality and order are going to go out the window. Even Nietzsche presented that, right? So modernity breaks down when we think that humans have all the answers. We are capable of great good. We're also capable of great evil. And we kill lots of people in the name of reason, in the name of modernity. So now we move to post-modernity right? Post means after, right? So this is where we're in the post-modern age now, okay? So post means after modernity. That's where we're kind of living in our life right now. And, and the idea about truth is there's no absolute truth. God didn't get it right. Humans didn't get it right. Nobody gets it right, right? So there's no absolute truth. So what's true for me is true for me. And don't try to tell me different. What's true for you is true for you. We just kind of keep distance, right? So it becomes personal experience, right? It's, it becomes more questions. It becomes more open. It becomes more diverse. But it also is problematic, right? So if I want to say 3 plus 4 is 10, I can do that. You can't prove anything different, right? If I want to say it's okay for me to kill somebody, it comes up to my door, rings my bell, I don't like the color of their skin, I'm going to shoot them through the window. Hey, that's true for me. If you don't like it, it's not true for you. That just happened in America, didn't it? Right? If a, another country, Iran, or somebody says, you know, we're going to kill people that speak out against us, we're going to kill them. There's nothing you can do about it. It's right for us to be able to do that. You can't tell me that there's anything else about that, right? So now we've gone to no truth, right? And on one hand, it sounds better than modernity. We're killing each other, right? Humans are trying to fix everything. We're blowing up the world, that kind of stuff. Post-modernity is like, man, man, there's no truth. We just got to get out of the truth business, but the truth is, the world's still a messy place. And we're still killing people. People still starving. Right? And, and if there's no truth, who do you believe? Do you believe CNN? Do you believe Fox News? Do you believe BBC? Do you believe Reuters? Right? I have conversation after conversation with my boys and their friends about, hey, just because it's on the Internet doesn't make it true. Right? So how do we learn what's true? Is it the old history books that, that have been written? Is it some guy, you know, with tinfoil on his head in his mom's basement, you know, blogging from somewhere telling us what's true? It might be. If there's no truth, how do you make laws? How do you believe anything, right? It comes down to who has the power makes the laws. Who controls the media says this is true. It's hard to figure out what's true. And so for modernity, right, the kind of feeling was confidence, in post-modernity, the feeling is anxiety. I don't know what to believe. Right? I don't know what 
it's true for you. I don't know if it's true for me. Right? This world is a messy place. Where do we turn? Where do we turn, right? What do you think is true? Has God revealed truth? Do we reveal truth? Or is there no truth at all? Just do what you want to do and let everybody else get out of the way. I'm a Christian pastor, so I'm going to go back to the Bible. <laughs> and I want to look a little bit more about truth. This is, um, this is before Jesus goes to Pilate. He's trying to prepare his disciples. He's getting ready to get arrested. He's going to be killed. And he's trying to help them understand that. He says he's going to go prepare a place for them. And they're like, well, how do we know which where to go? Right? And this is what Jesus tells his disciples. Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what Jesus tells us is, truth is a person. Truth is God, right? Jesus says, I am the truth. What does that mean, Jesus is the truth? This is what I interpret from reading Scripture, that God created all of us in God's image, and that's good. There's so much goodness in each and every one of you. There's so much goodness in me because God lives in us. God made us in God's image. God also gave us the ability to choose, and sometimes we choose wisely, and we do great things in the world. And, and, and there are great things that happen in modernity, right? There's great things that happen in antiquity. There are great things that happen in post-modernity. But sometimes we make very poor decisions, and we hurt ourselves, and we hurt other people, and we have consequences. We have guilt. We have shame. We're going to die one day, and we experience hell, which is not necessarily a fiery place, but it's a place where there's broken relationships. There's a place where we're separated from God. We're separated from each other. And Jesus said, that's not what I did. That's not why I created you. I've got to fix this. And so Jesus came to the earth as a human being while still being God, and he says, I'm going to take upon me all the junk in the world, the guilt, the shame, the death, the hell, and I'm going to fix it. And he died on a cross, and he came back to life, and he fixed it, right? He took all of our bad stuff, and he replaced it with good stuff, right? With joy and peace and life to the full now and life forever in the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus came to tell us, right? He came to be, he's not just pointing us to the truth, he is the truth, right? We can have a relationship with the truth, right? And we talked about it at the end of the day, you know, last week we said at, at some point though, we just have to take a leap of faith and trust that Jesus is who he says he is and does what he says he will do, right? Jesus is the truth, right? So what, what's the big idea? What's the takeaway? What's the point today? I think that's what it is. Jesus is the truth, right? Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. So I want to invite you to, to think about a couple of things in response to this, okay? As you think about your life, how do you live your life? What principles do you base them on? And who says that they are true? And why do you believe that they're true? Okay? So the first thing, action step, is wrestle with the truth, right? Not saying necessarily wrestle with Jesus, but wrestle with the truth, right? You can wrestle with Jesus. That's okay. Um, why, do you, what, why do you believe what you believe, right, about morality, about faith, uh, about news, right? What do you base the truth on, right? And why do you do that? And how does it affect your life? What we believe is true affects everything that we do. Now, this next one's going to sound a little quirky, a little weird. Um, consider the quadrilateral, right? Quad means four. So John Wesley's the founder of Methodism. We're a Methodist church. He said, if you want to find the truth in life, there's four resources that you can use, right? And I want you to see how much a genius this guy was in the 1700s, before modernity and post-modernity took off, okay? He says, what does the Bible teach about it, right? That's an antiquity thing. God reveals the truth to us. 
What does the church tradition teach about it? That's another antiquity thing. What does God say through the church? What does your reason say about it? Right? We talked about this last week. We can think as followers of Jesus. That's a modern way of thinking, right? And then he says, what does your experience teach you? That's a postmodern way of approaching the truth. John Wesley predated the Enlightenment. He predated post-modernity. Right? God is speaking through John Wesley. If you're approaching the truth, these are some things you might want to look at. What does the Bible teach? What does the church teach? What does my brain teach me? What does my experience teach me? And then we would wrap that all up in prayer, right? Wrap that up with Jesus. Because here's the thing. Here's the challenge. We who follow Jesus, we believe he's the truth, the way, the truth, and life. But when it comes to, like, issues in the world, we disagree, we have the same Bible, we, we read it differently. Right? In this church, in the church in America, in the church in the world, we have Christians who believe very differently about sexuality, human sexuality. We have Christians who believe very differently about abortion right, and the right to life. We have Christians who believe very differently about how we should spend our money. We have Christians who believe differently about cloning right, and the use of stem cells. So even when we believe that Jesus is the truth, we still argue with each other. We still read the same book, and we still come down on different sides. So how do we deal with that? We love each other, and we recognize we don't have all the answers, and we forgive each other, and we don't hate each other. We don't pretend like we are God and have all the answers. Right? That's what makes us different is we can agree to disagree. We can love each other. We can forgive each other. Right? I don't know about you, but in my life, when I have to make a decision about what's true or not, rather than, you know, going through that process, hey, God, what does Scripture say? What does church teach? What do I think? What do I experience? I just make a judgment. Oh, that's right or that's wrong, right? And in my mind, you know what I do then? I think, well, if Kyle agrees with it, then God agrees with Kyle, so that's how it should be. <laughs> but guess what? I'm wrong a lot of times. That's my wife. She's right here. She, I, I am, I'm wrong a lot of times. I wonder if you do that. And I wonder if us, instead of making decisions and jumping to to our own conclusions, what if we started with Jesus? Jesus, what do you believe about this? Jesus, what do you want me to do in this situation? How can I live in a world where other people think the opposite of that? How can I love them? How can I be forgiving? Jesus said, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you, right? Not just the people that love you, not just the people that think like you. What does it mean to follow truth Right, in a world that's so confused about truth. When we know what truth is, Jesus, what does he say? Love people. Love me, love people. The most important thing is Jesus says, love God, love people. Love me, love people, forgive each other. Right? So as you're going out in the world, you know, for me, it, it kind of comes down to a couple of things. My life is better when I feel aligned with Jesus, right? With what Jesus really says and what Jesus really thinks and does, right? And that takes all this stuff that we're talking about. Also that that I realize there's a lot of good in me, but there's a lot of brokenness in me, and I can't save myself. I need Jesus to save me. That's why I'm a follower of Jesus. A lot of other traditions in the world say you can fix yourself. I can't fix myself. I need Jesus to fix me. That's why I follow Jesus. So Pilate's standing there with Jesus, and this Roman ruler, right, he goes up and says the craziest thing. He's like, I don't find anything wrong with this man. Pilate's ready to let Jesus go. But the crowd, they start shouting, kill him, crucify him. Pilate says, well, I can let him go or I can let this other guy go. They say, let the other guy go. You know why that is? That first century crowd couldn't handle the truth. Remember the Jack Nicholson movie? You can't handle the truth. 
They couldn't handle the truth that, that Jesus was who he, who he said he was. And he did what he said he's going to do, right? Jesus said, those of you who are on the side of truth will listen to me. So what I'm asking you to do is to be different than that first century crowd. If you want to know what truth is, if you want to be on the side of the truth, then you listen to Jesus. You listen to Jesus in your heart. You listen to Jesus in the Bible. You listen to Jesus in the church. You listen to Jesus in your brain. You listen to Jesus in your experience. And Jesus will set you free. Jesus is the truth. Listen to Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.